Shachtan, an Indo Askelige. Time in Mon Iruk the Yen of Chacht Erachor, Agasuligum, a Machan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nach Vetok, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestian Echo. Vien Talam again Omgrev, Orkar Nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. This week on the Indo Daily. I actually don't believe right that priest said I have any harm. He just like thought I knew. But that's how I found out Miriam Martina was dead. How likely is it that Trump will be found guilty of paying hush money to former adult film star Stormy Daniels? We're talking about involvement in serious drugs activity on both sides of the border and as well as that, the procurement of weapons. Find and follow us at all the usual spots and over on the Irish Independent website. Hello and welcome to the Left Wing Independent Dollar's Rugby Podcast. I'm Will Slattery, delighted to be joined in studio with no coughs this time by Luke Fitzgerald <laughs> after what He was... nearly died there, folks. <laughs> this is take two. Daddy came through. This, for full disclosure, this is take two. Um, you almost ruined your family's Christmas. Exactly. Um, we'll be joined a little later by Dublin star Keno Sullivan to talk a bit about what it's like being an intercounty footballer, balancing work with playing high-level sport. But first, Luke, another great weekend for the Irish provinces. It was the second consecutive clean sweep in Europe. We're going to start with the Leinster game. Uh, you know, it was right in the balance on Saturday. They were 17-3 down, I think, after about half an hour. But they didn't concede for the rest of the game. How do you think they were able to turn that around? Because it was looking pretty perilous for a while. Um, yeah, well, look, as I was tweeting away during it, I just said... A busy I, tweeter, I noticed. A busy tweeter during the games. Yeah, it's nice because you get a bit of, like, most of the people who are probably following you on Twitter are probably Leinster supporters, more than likely, um, or Irish rugby supporters at the, at the very least. So uh, it's always a good time to interact. Um, I suppose I think I thought, I just said, like, you know, Leinster need to remember, we talked about last week in the show, like, Leinster need to remember where they have an advantage over Exeter. And I thought that was in the pack. Um, there was, you know, in Fitz... Uh, you know, I think Exeter probably caught them off guard. Like Leinster looked like they started really slow to me, and um, weren't really ready for the collisions. Yeah, what was the, break- um, the breakdown in the first half in particular? Exeter. I thought they be- kind of bossed the contact area anyway. Off the back of that, they got momentum in the area. They were coming into it, coming forward. Leinster guys were going backwards. Um, they didn't look like they were ready for the ferocity. Like everything was happening at real close quarters because the Lions people were so good. So. They looked to me like they hadn't really prepared for that. They looked like they were going to try and play wide, wide a little bit. Well, kind of what they've been playing all year. Um, whereas really, like if Leinster can, like if Leinster take you up the guts, and it's pr- fairly low, like you know, it's fairly sorry high percentage rugby as well. You know, you can hang on to like one pass rugby, like Leinster should be able to hang on to to it there for long periods and break a team down. Like I'd be really trying to break a team down the tight if I was Leinster first before playing it out to the ring roses and your Nasiwas and your whoever's your Henshaws and Carnies. Like that, that's what I'd be doing. Um, 
and trying to kick well when there's periods where you look, oh, do you know, we've had a few, we're going backwards here, let's put up. But at half time, sorry, to go to answer your question, your first question was, I, I thought they'd need to do that. You need to stay tight, there's no need to panic. Like, where is your advantage? Figure it out, let's go there. What worked for us last week? It was in the tight. We had went through, you know, between 20 and 30 phases a few times in the in the first and second half as well in what was a fairly dominant performance. I know it was tight for, for periods as well and some of the defence was brilliant, but overall, they never really looked like losing that game to me the first, in, in, in sorry week three over in Sandy Park. So I thought they did that second half and they also had a few guys who come on and, and stepped up. I thought Dan Levy was superb, um, you know, coming off the bench. I mean, geez, in that impact now, Gotta say, I thought or the four. Even with my blue tinted glasses on, uh, it looked like a four pass. To be honest, but uh, happy to see Luke McGrath getting the end of it. I thought he had a kind of mixed enough game for a guy who's been playing some brilliant rugby. W- one point, uh, Lawrence Delaney asked about the comments. Uh, Lawrence Delaney was obviously the offside call was brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Lawrence Delaney was brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, some sort of leeway, although it still looked like they were miles offside pretty regularly. I, I'd probably tend to disagree on that one. I think uh, the the offside line is something that the game... like it, I, I think it's the key issue in the game. We talk about the rook all the time, and I think they've cleaned that up to a large degree. I think there's clarity about what you can and can't do in there. Um, and I think everyone's pretty much aware of that. Uh, you know, maybe some areas, you know, I think there's some of, the, some of the things when people hit, you know, when there's a collision, when someone enters the rook properly, there's a collision and someone slides around the side of the contact. I still have a bit of an issue with that, but they've cleaned that up because now you can't kick. You used to be able to slide around the contact area, uh, get around the side of the guy and then stick out your boot and block a pass or kick the ball out or whatever it may be. Can't do that anymore. So they've slightly cleaned that up for me. But the offside line is the key thing in the game. And what they really need is they need the linesman to have... They need the touchies to be involved. They need that. It's a key issue for the game for cleaning up. There's just you look at defenses now. It's it's hard enough to break teams down. It takes a bit of magic, like a Dan Levy break and a one-handed pass with an incredible trail line from Luke McGrath to break Exeter down on the weekend. Um, and and I just feel like you know I think that that's an area where if they get that right, it's way easier to get momentum for the attacking team, which is essentially what we all want to see. We want us to watch attacking rugby. Look, there's beauty in the defence as well, Will. Like we all know that. We love like everyone knows a good hit. We're all watching rugby for that too. But you know you can't completely like I mean you, you saw it like how claustrophobic the defence was. Now there's credit due to them for that, but it was also the, the touch the touch was just made a meal of it. Do, I thought. Do you think in terms of the claustrophobic mm. nature of of the defence, but from a Leinster attacking perspective, obviously they lost Johnny Sex and Ross Byrne played almost mm. the full game. I remember we were in here a few weeks ago. And I think maybe it was Rory or Keane Tracy who was talking about how Ross Byrne has taken a big leap, and I made the point that I don't think he's really at the top level, like European rugby level. Because he's playing against Pro 14 teams with a, a dominant pack. And I thought that game was probably closer to his true ability, which I didn't think was great. I, I don't know if I agree on that one, Will. I think I see where you're, I see where you're coming from. Um, but I think there's also, in your argument for that, I think you kind of have, I, I suppose, where, where I see the gap for him is that he, doesn't, he hasn't played enough at the level. You know, I think that's a big thing. And he like, is he going to get opportunities there? You know, it's going to be really difficult for him to get opportunities there. I think, let's face it, he's got the potential. We've seen all the fancy stuff. We've seen the the crossfield kicks. I actually thought once he settled into the game, I thought some of his kicking was a bit erratic at times. Once he settled in, he actually did a good job. Kicking and, away on the advantage is like I was, a look, yeah, in yeah. general, but like it was, it was. And I think, look, sure, look, that's the that's that's youth. You can you know kind of panic at stages and things weren't going well for them at the time. Uh, I know they just made a break, but he hadn't really settled into the game. He hadn't settled into the pace of it. Every 
everything he did was claustrophobic. I thought guys weren't used to standing. I think Johnny stands a lot flatter and delivers probably a little bit quicker. He also is squarer on the line. Like that's the big issue for me when I see Ross. I think he's actually a really, really nice player. He's a big kid. You know, he, he can put in the tackles, which is great. You need a 10 nowadays that can do that. For me, you see his number a lot when he passes. I always remember Draco saying that, you know, once you can see the number, it means that, or sorry, it was Gordon Darcy said it to me, once you can see the opposition guy's number when he's passed, you know he's not a threat. So you never, it's rare you see Johnny, Johnny throws all his passes very square. He's still an option to go through. If you drift off him, you throw the dummy, he's through. So I think Ross has a little bit of growth to go in his game, but I think you'll only get that with, you know, playing in those games. And I actually thought he actually settled into the game really well and dealt with the pressure of that defence really, really well because that was claustrophobic. One other thing that kind of interested me was the performance of the Leinster wings. Obviously, Easton Asiwa got man of the match, mm. kicked a lot of important goals. And I thought Fergus McFadden had a really good game. I think he made like over eight metres of carry. He, he was outstanding. He was like the top tackler. Yeah. It's actually ever since we had him on the podcast, he's, had a, he's been in a rich vein <laughs> We've of We've got to get more guys exactly. on, Exactly. We've got to get more guys on. Standing point. <laughs> no, but it was, I, just, I just thought it was great to see him play because... Uh, mm. So well, you know, he is such a kind of a dogged, determined star. Maybe mm. not as flashy as some of the other players, mm. uh, you know. But it was it was a really good performance, and yeah. but it's, it leads me on to my my kind of point is that uh, James Lowe. Where does James Lowe fit into this? Because it seems like at the moment the two wing spots are nailed down. Uh, I'd have to agree with you, you know. And I think like I think it'll be a bit of, there'll be a bit of settling down for 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 James Lowe to do. I think you know he could be could be a pro fourteen man for a little. Same bit, on you know. Stephen Zaydo, it's a good opportunity for him. Uh, he looks bloody good. Yeah, he looks bloody good as well. Look like he, he no, we know what he can what he can produce. And there's still a bit of betting in period in terms of playing European rugby, so there'll be a bit of growth there. Um, you know, so like I think. If I look at, I just I'm, uh, Ferg's a guy you want. That kind of game is just built for someone like him. He's fit as a fiddle. He's a brilliant tackler. You see him with the scraps and the ball at the end, the key uh, bits. You're like, geez, and then the covering. The I, I saw last you, week. You did a Q and A in the hell. I think you said like. Ferguson McFadden goes to some dark places in a fitness session. Ah uh, man, what does I've that never mean? seen. Can you explain guy. that to us? Ah, well, like Jesus Christ, like he just can go, like you just know he's hurting, like he's hurting as much as you, and he just has a gear that he can go to where he can just stay in that place, and uh, like he's just an incredible athlete. He's a really, he's a, he, do you know what? He's the guy you want in the trenches, will you know? And I know traditional wingers, you know, probably aren't associated with that. You see flashy. Finish. That's he's why actually, Joe Schmidt maybe rates him quite highly. He's actually an excellent finisher when he gets the opportunities. He's a very good finisher, uh, ver fairly clinical actually, and he's got a he's a very strong uh, guy as well. But geez, he's so fit. You know, in the long phase of play, he's, he's quite quick as well. Actually, kind of deceptively quick. Um, and he reads the game well. He's a good footballer. You know, those guys, a good footballer, always growing up, good gap player. Um, and I just think he, like he in those kind of games he's just so suited to it I just I saw him there was a ball where he was a 50-50 I could have even been with I think it was with the other winger and I was just like there's no way you're getting that that lad's a dog like, was that the one on the ground there's the one on the ground yeah, there was one on the ground when he just snapped like, there like... is no way there was no one on the pitch that would have got that do you know what I mean so yeah he's going through a great vein of form a rich vein of form and uh, d delighted to see it you know and um, we can definitely take a bit of credit for it in here Will yeah it was funny when, when you mentioned that <laughs> we're he we're going to take credit for it when you mentioned that he goes through like dark places in the fifth session I was just picturing you know, the, the way you described Zebo as well they're both in the same gym session Ferguson fat like straining blood every senior and Zebo, yeah. Zebo just dancing <laughs> off to the side Zebo like. doing a moonwalk in the back yeah that's you're, you pretty much nailed it on the head there yeah but um no, look, it was a super performance by Leinster and it was great to see some of the young kids, you know, I think, I um, call them kids now, they're all 24, 25, most of those guys, but like the likes of James Ryan and that, that'll be big for them, like digging in the trenches last week in, in, in Sandy Park and then in the Aviva when things look fairly, uh, you know, they, they look fairly hairy for a little bit, I've got to say, and uh, I thought they dug themselves out of that hole really, really well and uh, it was good to see. I guess one thing that 
before we move on to Munster that it was most pleasing is that it, it kind of was reminiscent of the first half was reminiscent of games maybe Claremont away in the semi-final of Scarlet mm, in the mm. home semi-final where things went against Leinster and they weren't able to ultimately pull it back but in this game yeah. maybe they've shown a bit more maturity that they were able to get that win yeah you need a few of them as well you know like going going uh, you know, going forward um, you know y- you need one or two of them just to bed in that confidence that you can dig in in the games where things aren't going right your fancy moves aren't going well you're not pulling them off the other teams seem to be getting themselves out of holes in dark places or you know I, I remember like in, in Leinster like the, I, I thought a really good example was we played at Toulouse and I remember they got a try from a kick off of, off of they took a, they had a penalty yeah I remember and Florian and Fritz pounced on it after it, one of those ones a really weird bounce and I remember just thinking we're still not going to lose this do you know what I mean? We've just been to the places so many times. I just knew we weren't going to lose it. And Heineken uh, Cup semi-final, I believe. Yeah, was that the quarter to semi? Semi-final, was it semis, yeah. Quarter was Leicester. Quarter was Leicester. Excuse me, sorry. Yeah, and oh, Driscoll then, put in a really good performance. To be he had a super performance, yeah, because he got binned in the yeah, first half, simmed. didn't he? For it was actually he was completely shaft because there was no complete tackle. It was poor. It was. I remember looking at going, "You, you're gobshite." And then <laughs> I remember thinking, actually, when I look back at the match. He was very, you know, he's very clued in the big moments. For a mm. guy who was really aggressive, uh, like Draco was one of his best things. He was able to think clearly even when he was really trying to kill you. You know what I mean? He was brilliant. <laughs> and he'd be sticking his head where you wouldn't stick your foot. I always say that with Draco. He's one of the toughest guys you ever come across. Borrow all the flashy stuff. You wanted to go to battle with him. So, um, yeah, like that was, to, to go back to those, even the Leicester match, like that team, we had had a few hard ones, you know. We'd had like, you know, the Harlequins away in 2009, digging in, weren't playing well. You know, we just were able to grind it out. Leicester again, they were attacking at the end of the game. You know, Jamie, or was it Sean O'Brien put two laggy out, Alessana two laggy out when he's diving for a try in the corner. You know, I think it was a Jamie Heese, but no, that was two lose. But there was loads of ones. I think at the, the end of the game, I think Maffey throws a not, has a knock on, he throws an offload. We're kind of getting digging in in the trenches. I knew we weren't going to concede a try there. Do you know what I'm looking away? It's hard to describe, but when you're in a team that's really going well, those kind of performances, they stand to you in the key bits. Just last point on that, it's funny to think that in that Leicester game, East in the Sea, where scored an absolute wonder try and here we are six years later he's getting man of the match at the Aviva for all his kicking but having said that we're going to move on to Munster quickly you know they had a great win uh, over in Welford Road I think it was the first team ever to beat Leicester back to back in the Champions Cup uh, yeah not surprised I mean they're, they're, uh, there's big tradition there you know and, and uh, like Welford Road is miserable man you be, the change room is tiny like you compare you're all on top of each other I'm pretty sure they hose the thing down with cold water like everything's soaking when you go in you can't even like the, the toilets are soaking wet the showers are tiny like it's one of those places where like it's hard they make it hard for you like you know everything there is is, is a fight from the start and uh, they're great support as well you know they're, real, they're a great club Leicester so uh, Ma- it's unbelievable performance man of the match Peter O'Mahony earning his big money Ah, look, it was good, like pressurized. Um, you know, a very, very pressurized environment for him, and he's and he dealt with a few weeks really well. Um, you know, I have to say, can't really. I'm not really surprised. You no, know, when I was listening to, I don't even mind saying this. Jordy was bagging me in his book, so I'm happy to actually have a go. Oh, what did he say? <laughs> he I was saying something like he was book. never a fullback as well. I was like, Jordy, mate, like. <laughs> Give me a break. I actually enjoyed um, that book. Uh, and he actually was a really good book, to be honest. Um, oh, yeah, he, no, he actually embarrassed And he's himself. a really good bloke, he, he but embarrassed man. himself on the sideline interview, though. Wow, I, we I were getting nothing like, from the ref because the penalties were just these blatantly stupid cynical breakdown penalties and I know we probably had our you know, we had our Irish hat on in terms of wanting Munster to do well but like you, like when I heard him he went on for about three minutes two, was it two minutes or whatever he was mm. on the mic and I was like he pretty much has got he's just done like a rotation he's gone back to saying the referee's having a howler the ref, you know they don't do this in the premiership whatever and I was just thinking 
Mate, I need to be very. If easy. you're on the sideline, I want you to say, "We're not doing this anymore. We're not competing at the rook for a second. We're going to fan out. We're going to get line speed, and we're going to knock them back. We're going to, you know, we're going to absorb pressure here for a little bit because the referee isn't. He's he, we've we're we're building pressure here against us. The referee's building. There's a tide coming against us. Like, let's calm down. Let's get it. Let's get this under control for a second. Let's control the control. I don't want to hear my guy in the side going, "Oh, the referee's having a stinker." It's funny, even Hugo Manya, who wouldn't be the most critical pundit, was like, well, "Jordan, I, I don't think maybe." And he was trying to like kind of basically say, "Well, the players have been pretty bad as well." Uh, but he, going about it in the nicest way possible. Five penalties for Dan Coles. Like he's a lion. Like, uh, yeah, I thought Carl Sinclair had the worst performance of an English title. I thought on Friday night that would be I hard. Know, it was to easily beat. topped. Yeah, yeah. That would, yeah. I thought that'd be hard to beat, but Cole did its utmost. Uh, look, and you never like you don't like to be, but like that was just the utter. Like, for a guy of his quality uh, to be giving away that many penalties, you just kind of come back from against a good team uh, like Munster. You know, there's no way you're going to win those kind of games. And the ref and the, the penalties just told and told. And like they need to, they, they were moaning about it last week as well. Like get on with the game, figure a way around it. Like let's let's take the referee out of the equation here. You know, so disappointing for them, disappointing for Matt O'Connor. He's a guy I have a huge amount of time for, but. You need to look internally there. There's no point moaning about the referee, definitely until the game's done at least. And even then, I'd say there's no value in doing that until you're doing the referee's report. Doing it on television, you know, while it looks like, you know, you're trying to put some blame onto him and offload a bit from yourself, it never has any value. You end up getting fines and all sorts of garbage, you know? And another great performance from Ian Keeley, who I, I, I've just... I wasn't obviously you know he's had his struggles but this mm. season in particular I've just become I have so much respect for the guy I just love the way like he had two knock-ons to start that game like two shocking knock-ons to start that game it looked like it could be one of those days but he just turned it around like he has he has a lot of bottle I think I, I was really admired the guy call it like you see it with anyway two shocking knock-ons oh they were like, sorry they were they were, they were. Sick they were the like, they were the like chest no it is good to see uh, Ian's a lovely chap he was obviously in Leinster when I was there and I played against him all the way up through schools he actually denied me a senior cup medal so um, yeah, I'm surprised I like him so much. Is what I'm kind of trying to get at. But no, he look, he was uh, great to see him turn around. About a difficult period, and coming in after a guy like Raj, who's kind of in the fabric of of Munster rugby, always a difficult job. And I think you know to see him rebound and play so well, and he's really an Irish contender. It's actually big for from an Irish perspective as well. You know, um, so about half potentially in the. Six well, I think nations. so. I think you know with with Dean Madigan abroad, um, and probably out of contention off the back of that. I think definitely because I know regardless of what Joe says. Um, Paddy Jackson not available and then we've got uh, Blaindale still struggling a bit from injury yeah. not having come back as well as he probably would have liked he's probably the number two Carberry out as well so I think um, you know he probably looks like he's going to be in there for. and Joe likes him actually uh, you know he's had him on the bench he's done well from a few times he's been in the team so uh, good to see him play well so the last word we'll just have a quick synopsis of the Ulster game like I think that person who has the hardest job in world rugby is the guy the hooker was to play but decide Joe Marler and Kyle Sinclair, possibly the two most annoying players in <laughs> <laughs> Like Sinclair's carry on on Friday night. Players, though, but did you see yeah. Sinclair's carry on on Friday night, giving away penalties, his cheap shoulder charge then after yeah. off the ball. And like when he wins a penalty, sure, he nearly gave that one away exactly. in the Lions. Screaming yeah, in people's thinking, faces. Like, what are you doing? Like, imagine being the yeah. hooker having to listen to that. <laughs> Look, some people play the game differently. They play with, you know, from their, like, they need to dig into that emotional side. Um, personally, I hate playing with those guys, but you know you probably need one or two of them in there. Uh, when the team's maybe digging deep or you're a little bit flat, those guys can be brilliant for you. But in the big games, Ravenhill, tough place to go. The last thing you need is guys losing their head. So um, it didn't help their case. But from an ultra perspective, uh, and we have to touch on it, I mean, uh, we were talking about their struggles. Uh, how different does th do things look? Uh, you know, two weeks later, we had Stephen on here again. He we've proven that we have the magic <laughs> touch, the Midas <laughs> touch when it comes to rejuvenating yeah. people uh, and teams. I don't know. We've had some. Yeah. Well, anyway, look, we'll take credit for it. Yeah. No, but look, it's good to see them go well. Uh, we need Ulster playing. You know, we need them 
you know, playing well. We need them involved in the latter stages of the competition, which they have a really good chance to do now. I think La Rochelle looked bloody good, but they still got a chance now. And I think um, they'll beat them in Raven now. They could well do. They'll find it difficult there. Hopefully the weather's terrible. Um, all their Fijian guys will be wearing gloves and, and all sorts of stuff because they won't be used to the weather. Um, and maybe off the back of that, they might be able to uh, beat them. But they're they're really good. Like, geez, La Rochelle are class, and they seem to. They're not. I don't think they're a traditional, you know, Frenchies. Like they seem to show up a little bit away from home. They're. I wouldn't be ruling them out up there. But Raven is difficult to go to. They'll have a full house now. They're back. You know, a couple of wins can change things around up there. And I think uh, playing good rugby as well. Like you know, there's a few guys playing coming into some form, uh, and they'll have Rory Best probably back. I think for those games. So uh, he's a big leader for them. And. Um, yeah, I could see them going through now. It's kind of crazy considering yeah, so you know they've had, they had their real struggles at, at, at times this season, especially defensively. So, good to see. Well, that's enough from the Champions Cup for the moment. I guess we're delighted to be joined this week by Keen O'Sullivan, Dublin footballer. A little bit of a different flavour, Luke, from the guests we've had previously. Yeah, he, I'm just to warn you, he's unbelievably funny. So, uh, oh, get ready. No, listen. We were yeah. actually in school together. Exactly. For those um, of us, who, for those who don't know, yeah. maybe explain the, the connection or the well, friendship. Well, we go a bit back. Yeah, and look, the idea just to to give a bit of background. We we had planned on this being more of a kind of sportsy thing, trying to get as many different ideas. And we've had a few different people in, like obviously Stephen Smith is probably a good example of that as well from Kitman Labs. We're trying to just get just different different views on different things, and obviously, like we get most of the people who'll be in, uh, where we're hoping to get in, we'll watch a little bit of rugby, we'll get their taste. You know, it's nice to get a different viewpoint from someone yeah. from a different sport coming yeah. in with different ideas. Um, and off the back of that, sure, we got Keenan tonight, so can't wait to hear your your views on, on the. He was at the Lancer match in the weekend, will? Yeah, Keen. I guess when you're watching a rugby match like that, and it's it's in the balance, having played in so many similar Gaelic football games, is there anything you look at and think? That's very different to the, kind of the nature of a, of a Gaelic football match when it's really in the balance at the end. Yeah, I, I guess the thing that really impressed me most about the game at the weekend, um, and looking at in at it from from the perspective of my team and the kind of games that we've won over the last number of years, was their ability to claw back, um, Leinster's ability to claw back uh, and pull themselves back into that game after. You know, the odds being stacked against them in the first 10, 15 minutes. Johnny Sexton going off. Mm. Then the sub out half, I think Ross Byrne picking up a knock. And just this bit, bit of chaos there, being faced with that bit of chaos and being able to stick with the process and pull back a couple of important scores. I think they got two penalties before half time, settling the nerves, and then to close out the game. For me, that is a thing that doesn't come into a team overnight. That's. Mm years in the building uh, and it's something that's very hard to to cultivate in a team um, so looking at that that's the thing that really impressed me there against a team as well that what were they a year unbeaten or something before oh, Leicester yeah, beaten the week before or something yeah, the, so. they're, they're champions of the premiership as well uh, like they are a serious serious outfit so they the come work up from the for them, yeah. what were they were they four, four or five years ago they were in, in division like well, they, no, they in, got promoted at the start of the decade with Baxter oh was it that long yeah, ago yeah, oh sorry it's a good bit ago yeah, yeah. Yeah. but they're kind of a club like Ian I don't know I'm not sure you know how much you, you follow but they've come up from like, no he superstars no superstars now they've a few really good guys in there like a Lockie Turner at the back is he's a bit of a stud you know um, the Aussie guy 
Um, and Nick Nick White as well is a, is a lovely player. Um, but aside from that, you're right, they don't really have any stars. They had Dean Mum over for a while uh, as well, who was a top quality guy, but like no superstars. Mm. And I think like they have some unbelievably good operators, and I think that coach has done an, un- an unbelievably good job. They're a real like kind of salt of the earth, you know. They like they, they don't like the team. I don't like they work really hard for each other. There's nothing flashy about yeah. the coach. They actually are one of the only clubs I think that actually run properly they actually make a profit from you know gates and from settings you know they do it the right way is kind of my point and you kind of see it in how they play I think anyway probably that's some of the parts thing as well Mm. as opposed to any definitely yeah superstars and being out probably the fact that a lot of their players aren't involved with international setups it's not as much them coming in and out of definitely um, helps them like you look at like they have a Noel who's probably He's away all the time, but aside from that, they don't really have a few guys, a few up and comers there. Slade yeah. is a lovely player. Uh, he was really good in the weekend. Some of those passes were see the ones over the top, like the he had a few real long passes. And even in the second half, when they were like Leinster just got back in the game, they were like some great defence from Leinster. But to have some quality out guys, but it's it's interesting to hear you say you go back to the process, you know, and it looks like that with Dublin, I think as well. I don't know what you think watching them well. I mean, I just think you guys seem to be able to grind it out. That was a real. I thought Leinster well, looked a bit like that in the weekend. What, what reminds when I watched these. Matches and you, you mentioned like the ability to when things are going against you to, to to persevere and then obviously the Dublin team have dug out so many tight games. I just remember when I was playing sport, obviously at a very low level. Although I have, don't do your, oh, well, I, I have a Division Seven yeah. Gaelic football medal and I'm a, a senior sports league and rugby, so I'm actually a bit of a dual, CV's yeah, out. A, a dual sports star here. Uh, but I just remember when I played rugby or Gaelic football and like things went against our teams, we would always just collapse completely, like you know. But it's really it, hard it, to claw back. I just can't imagine how difficult it is in the heat of an All Ireland final. Say yeah. this year, Keegan gets that goal 15 minutes to go everyone in the ground is a neutral wants to win I don't know how how do you actually kind of stay in the moment and not get carried away with oh Oh, fuck. Like, you know, we're, we're, yeah, it can happen though. Like that's it. Like in, yeah, I've been in really good teams and it's happened. You yeah. probably need one or two of them. I don't know if you did well, anything. How, this. how have you found it? You probably need a few of them to 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 get to go against you though to learn a bit. Oh, do you? Hundred percent. Yeah, so that yeah. was one of my point. It's 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 experience. There's yeah. there's no amount of whiteboarding or sitting around in a mm. team meeting saying that if X Y and Z happens, we're going to react this way. Or we're going to respond that way. You have to experience it. You have to go through those times. Realize what it's like to have a game in the melting pot and being able to make the right decision in that moment and like look back to my first game I think it was my second championship game with Dublin in 2009 we were playing Kerry in All-Ireland quarterfinal and we shipped two goals in the first five ten minutes we were trailing by six or seven points and the wheels just fell off we were having a very good season up to that point but we just didn't have that resilience built into the team of being able to respond to a situation like that. And we ended up losing the game 17, 18 points or something. And so I remember after the game, our, our, our manager at the time, Pat Gilroy, um, referred to us as the startled earwigs. That's really <laughs> stuck as well. Like, yeah, that really did it stick gets brought as well. up so often. It's such a Gaelic <laughs> football like cliche now. Like. Yeah, but like, it was I've a perfect way of describing it. What does that even mean? Uh, <laughs> I know what he means, sorry. But <laughs> it's a perfect way of describing it. Um, and then you fast forward two years later and we dug out the All-Ireland final against Kerry. Clucko stuck the, stuck the free over at the last kick of the game and just that belief that it built into the team that when things necessarily aren't going your way or when the game's in the melting pot, you can still claw it back. Um, there's still hope. And I think we've built on that over the course of a couple of really tight games over the last couple of years. Like the last 
last three of the last four All Ireland finals, we won them by one point. Like, so they're very, very tight mm. games. Um, yeah, it's funny when you watch it though; you don't see, you don't seem no. like you're under pressure. And I think it's a sign of such a good team. I don't, do you do you see that well? Do you like? Oh, I just think you don't look like. Yeah, there's no panic in the team. Like I think, like you said, I think the experience it look, looks like an experience outfit at this stage. Well, it's, just, think? it's just like the semi-final against Kerry last year. After Kerry, you know, Dublin looked like they were, game, yeah. were cruising at one stage. It was like eight points to four or something. Kerry scored like two, three on half time. Cluxon made a bit of an error off a kick and I remember at half time I didn't think they could come back yeah. but literally within five minutes of the restart I think it was like one point in and I was like I, should, I don't even know why I panicked so much and yeah. that, that thing as well when you were talking about earlier guys like getting really animated and mm. worn and shouting in your face and every team has those characters but Feels like that's like you now, almost. Yeah, that's that's a sign of someone that's not in control mm. and that's someone that's letting their emotions get the better of them and that's someone that's going into the chaos mm. realm of things Whereas, you know, we come in at half time, everything's very calm. We have the routine that we stick to. We do that religiously, whether we're winning by 10 points or losing by 10 points. And it's just, it's the beat. And um, we stick to that, you know, every mm. single time. The best like, guys always, and always as well, the, the most physical guys, I always think the best guys are the lads who are calm. They deliver the best shots. Their timing is better. They also recover better from, you know, when you're coming in and, and there's guys roaring and shouting at half time. Like, you don't get clear messages. Like, it's very lucky if you get clear messages. Uh, there's definitely, there's enough emphasis in them when they're shouting it, but you don't really get clear messages. I think, like, even from a pragmatic point of view, when you're calm, like, your breathing is better. You recover your everything else. <coughs> your whole body calms down. Your mind all of a sudden is thinking a bit clearly. You're saying, Jesus, okay. Let's let's remember what we're good at. I always think really good teams are good at that. Like I thought that was what was really pleasing. I've seen a lot of Leinster support like performances, even last year where I was like, oh, you know, they, they didn't really they hadn't really figured out. Like I, I think it looks to me like they figured out how good that pack is eventually. Like I mean, like I was I was tweeting away. We were talking about it uh, before you came on, Keen, and we were just, I was just saying like, like that pack, and we've said the last week, there's eighteen internationals there. So there's whatever sixteen in your, you know, if you've got mm. whatever two, there's essentially well, more than yeah. two international packs there. And I thought it looked like in Sandy Park last week. They were just they were like, we're good at this. Let's do this. We know we're better than we are. Let's keep pressing on that. I think I look at Dublin and I say, they've kind of figured that out. I think they know that they've got a really strong bench. I think they know that, uh, you know, you don't have to say an air game, but I think, you know, you look, they look like a team that, no, we can keep going here at this pace because we've got some, um, we've got, the pace will never drop at you guys because you've got an unbelievable bunch of guys coming off the bench as well. I think that's the real strength and I think Leinster have that now as well. They've got so many guys and they can keep this pace that we can keep, we've got this little advantage over you. We're going to just keep pressing, pressing, pressing. We're going to hold it down until we have you by the neck and it's game over. And I think I look, I look at Dublin, I kind of feel the same thing watching them. I think there's no panic in them because they know, I think they, you know, they, they have a game plan, they stick to it. I mean, everyone can kind of see the, the game. There's no, I mean, it's no magic in the thing. Obviously, there's a lot of thinking behind the scenes, but they don't try and complicate it too much. They just have big belief in in the athletes they have and in the, the game that they're playing. And I think it, they exude calm in those big ones. And I thought that was great. That was a great thing about the Leinster match in the weekend. I thought they exuded real calm and they just said, Do you know what, we're under the pump here. At halftime, that didn't look good, but they got that one little score before halftime and it came on and then they squeezed them second half and they never looked like losing that in the second half to me. Yeah, I guess something that I think sticks out for me is the 2011 Heineken Cup final where Northampton were well on top and then at halftime the iPad comes out. This right, is where yeah. the scrum is going wrong. Oh. It was completely flipped in the second half. And I imagine on, on a final day, it's a similar scene even though it's very frantic in the crowd, everyone's on edge or that Kerry semi-final for instance. But yeah. I'd say, it, is, it, is it actually very calm in the dressing room? Uh, like at halftime for instance? Yeah, it's... Yeah, it is. 
Uh, I think Mayo probably had us against the ropes in that first half and Kerry likewise in the semi-final the year before and we shipped those two goals in quick succession and there is a little part of you that kind of you know snaps out it for a second whoa, whoa what's, what's going, going on here <laughs> <laughs> you know, everyone just, has those thoughts yeah yeah, yeah you're like, oh no like yeah um, how could we lose to Northampton <laughs> <laughs> yeah. pretty easily we didn't get it right in the second half jeez yeah, yeah. But it's funny it's one, one small thing can domino that, though yeah, isn't it and then kind of saying to yourself okay look this happens let's this get a kick out or something yeah. let's just get our hands on the ball Simple or something ball. yeah yeah let's get the wheels back on track again hmm. um, and not getting derailed not getting um, into kind of chaotic mi- mi- mindset and trying to force things force passes force plays it's easy to say this and talk mm-hmm. about it but actually being faithful actually doing that on the pitch when there's you know 80 odd thousand people roaring and shouting around you the place is going wild because you just shipped a goal <laughs> you know your man might be shouting in your face and pushing and dunting you it's it's a lot more difficult to do it then um, and last year half time probably came at a good time for us um, and the year before as well, probably to just have that 10, 15 minutes to reset, push the reset button and kind of collect our thoughts because um, we just weren't playing well in those two games. But the really impressive thing was that those two second halves were probably the two best performances that we've we've, we've put together, those two 35-minute mm. so spells of the last year or two. Um, so being able to respond in that fashion, that's what's the, that's the really satisfying satisfying thing about it I think as well you look at like uh, like obviously it was controversial this year there's a load of talk about it but I'm always I'm so impressed with Jim Gavin he's just able to control his emotions all the time like even at the end of the game he's like I looked at it another way I was like there's, well there's probably a few ways you can look at it he's either completely emotionless but also that mean, I was thinking jeez if I was a player I'd love that I don't want someone roaring and shouting at me I'm is getting there any the game similarities you think between him and Joe Smith oh yeah I, big I, time I find them yeah. quite similar from the outset hugely hugely yeah. and they're able in big moments they're delivering good you just want good information like mm-hmm. if you can't get yourself up for the game physically in, a, in an all around fight look at there's times when you're going to be flat and you might have a flat period in a game if you can't get yourself up for a big game you don't belong there as far as I'm concerned. I want to get good technical bits of advice from my coach. I want to go, he, I want him to go, lads, whatever, Lee Keegan is, whatever, we need to do this to stop him. We're, this is what we're going to do. Or whoever it may be, you know, we need to get whatever, Dermot Connolly on the ball here. Or, or, you know, we need to get, you know, line out ball. We need to slow it down. We need to just hang on to the ball for five, ten minutes, get ourselves into the game. Let's buy a few pounds. Let's get down into their half. Whatever it is, you know, or you know, listen, in our scrum here, you know, you're you're, you're kicking your ass out too much here, Ross. You need to keep that in tight, and then we'll drive them over, and and we're going to get them in that area. And then, it's amazing. One or two small little bits of good information at half time can be the key. They're the key parts in winning back those big games because it starts to domino from that. You just need a bit of momentum and a good team. Give them a chance. Give them an edge somewhere. Remind them what they're good at, or you know, remind remind them where they have an edge in the opposition team. Crazy things can happen. And things can turn around from what seems like almost insurmountable kind of places. And I think, like, I, when I see Jim Gavin, I just think, I see a lot of Joe Schmidt in him. I just think he looks calm, yeah. collected. And that's what you want at halftime. I, I don't, like, I don't want him roaring and shit. It's actually a funny photo. Jim Gavin was actually at Carton House a couple of years ago. Like, so they obviously have Ooh. kind of shared information. I've seen him in camp. I've yeah. seen him in camp. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to just sit in on a conversation here where they talk about it. <laughs> Probably That'd fall asleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. No, yeah. but in fairness, I'd say the two of them are, they look like, there's, uh, he looks like a really intense guy obviously with his background and, yeah. and his work I'd say he's very disciplined and re- 
remind me, would remind me a lot of Joe. I'd say he's a big details man, and uh, interesting to see that those two obviously have have struck up some kind of friendship or some kind of understanding. And uh, he seems like hungry. It's you know because I always think yeah. I look at the guy guys and I just think I'm I'm just unbelievably impressed. Obviously at the lifestyle, uh, slightly envious as well. It sounds like a weird thing because I know I'm sure on when the shoes on the other foot they're slightly envious. So you guys are slightly <laughs> envious of the yeah. lifestyle side. You know, to get the money. Pick out, yeah, <laughs> there's always yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then you know you got you got to finish up and uh, you can really fall off a cliff in rugby. You know, a lot of guys would say it's a really tough challenge to, to you know. And you guys yeah, suppose yeah. have a job, you're plugged into a work environment, etc. But yeah, you know, is there any like? I'm always interested. Like I, I think obviously the high ball catching in 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 Gaelic football and even even to a certain extent in, you know, hurling the hand eye. Like I'm always unbelievably impressed. Like, we do lots of little drills with that kind of stuff just yeah. to hone that stuff. Is there anything in rugby you see? Because I always think in tackling. Like we learned a lot from rugby league in rugby union. But I remember talking to Kieran Whelan when I was a kid playing in Naive Olaf and he came yeah. up and he was the, the technique and the tackle, I was thinking, there's actually a lot of similarities. Do you look at any do you ever get any rugby advice and that stuff, or do you look at any rugby guys and go, Oh, that's interesting or anything like that? In terms of technique stuff, mm. um, I guess the handling stuff, something that we would have worked mm. a lot on uh over the last year, couple of years and in terms something. of get the tackle or in terms of attack? Just swift hands, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah just yeah. quick hands and um you know, you'd see some of the guys in the team that come from basketball backgrounds and naturally their handling is, is, is very, very good and you'd probably underestimate how much time, how much of a hand kind of game Gaelic football is. Um, you know, you're probably hand passing more than you're kick passing um, and those slick hands can be very important and can be, you know, one of those little percentage points that mm -hmm. can be the difference. Yeah, yeah. So the slick hands that... Some players um, show in rugby would be something that, yeah, no, we definitely... Um, the kicking as well is interesting. Yeah, there was I a know. really interesting thing done a few years ago. I think, like, Toyota did a video with Stephen Cluxon and Johnny oh, Sexton yeah. kicking together. Mm. It was probably the only time you've really seen Stephen Cluxon in that yeah. kind of environment. Dean Rock I, was out with Johnny there recently, wasn't he? I think he was, was out with Dave Allred. Yeah, but yeah. I, I just thought it was really good insight into, I guess, the pressures that they both face because mm. Cluxon's kind of a unique character in that sense is that he almost does have the pressure of a goal kicker. Even though he's just, no, he do, yeah, 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 I don't, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, mean by it. the freeze. Even I just mean his goal, his kickouts are so crucial to the team that he yeah. actually does have that. Need to have that kind of mindset that every time he stands over the ball, it is a crucial kick almost. Yeah, like it's, it, you know what it is, mate. Like I think, like because in rugby, it's kind of it's like it is so different. Like these guys have such defined roles. Like, like in in Gaelic football, like I mean. It is amazing. Like I think, like there's so much pressure. Like everyone has a chance to score. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like in rugby, like there's guys like Mike Rossman scored one try in like you know two hundred <laughs> games. You know what I mean? Whereas like uh, you could be like even I'm I sure Finn McMahon. Much now in the past. <laughs> As we Couple always say, years, the kid he's yeah. not late past halfway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's a chaotic game. Yeah, and that's yeah. like that kind of you tie that back into the amount of planning and strategizing you can do. Like you guys would spend hours and hours. Mm. Um, it's a much more structured game you know what I mean like than, than football Rugby. like Ruby, you oh, know yeah. where you're going to be yeah, a lot yeah. of the time you've got you know? line out scrums and there's all mm. these things that you can plan for and you can look at the opposition and plan for what they're doing mm. and what they have been doing Gaelic football to a certain extent you can do that but not to the same level as Ruby. Um and so yeah you do you have Philly McMahon who's a cornerback for us who you can see up in the opposition half Probably more often than you'd point. like. Yeah, <laughs> scoring, <laughs> lot, yeah. scoring some really key like, scores crazy, uh, for the team, and it's yeah. a massive bonus to the team. For, yeah. From your own perspective, is it strange that when you go in to prepare for a game, that do you ever have it in the back of your mind that the Keno Sullivan role has become so much so talked about now that the other team is probably spending a lot of their time on you and thinking of how to maybe pull you out of position? Does that play on your mind at all? 
Yeah, I've been asked this a few times, and if I was a forward, it'd probably be more pointed. But the fact that I'm a defender and that you know I'm playing centre half back, what can the opposition do? Go out and mark a defender doesn't yeah. sound a bit <laughs> counterintuitive, <laughs> or try and game, occupy yeah. him or whatever. And yeah. um, yeah, so I, I haven't seen that kind of developing too much and. You know, you don't want to be looking at the opposition too much either and losing sight of um, the process, your own team mm -hmm. and your own strengths and playing to those strengths. Um, and you don't want that to disrupt mm. what you're trying to execute. So, um, yeah, probably it's, it's gotten a bit of attention, um, probably media-wise, over the last year or two, but... Not so much pitch wise. It's replaced the Makaleli role as like the go to <laughs> kind of, you know, cliche to try. Yeah, well, that's. And that's <laughs> He's playing the Keno Sullivan role. Things get, things get hyped up and, uh, unnecessarily as well, you know. Yeah. It's, um, so pinch yourself. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's, a, it's, a good, it's an interesting point you make, though. Like, there's not going to be someone going out to mark. Like, as in, imagine sacrificing, I don't know, uh, like Kieran Donny or. That's the conversations uh, that I had in the Sunday game uh, yeah. every week <laughs> <laughs> somewhere, though. Someone's got to, to stop him. Exactly. Yeah, you know, it's <laughs> Uh, just to move away from on-pitch stuff for a second, because uh, I was interested to know kind of the differences. Obviously, there's a lot of difference between professional and the amateur life. But say in the height of championship, could you just maybe take us through what a week will be like in the height of season between you balancing work and the Dublin team? Yeah. Um, so Monday to Friday, I'm working. Uh, I work as a, a tax manager with, with PwC. So um, it's not really your typical nine-to-five job. It's more of a kind of nine to six, nine to seven job. Um, in fairness, some they are very accommodating of, of, of my, my footballing uh, career and the time that that's, that's kind of... Put, so that's put, a big advantage, I think, anyway, isn't it? I think, like... Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's definitely... Great, it's a great string to have to your ball, Yeah, and I'm getting to pursue my career at the same rate as my, mm. my peer group that I started out with when I was 22, 23. So when football does finish up for me, my career is, is, is well developed at that stage and I can really start focusing on that. Not that I'm not focusing on that at the moment either. Um, so if anyone needs to attack someone keen yeah. is... <laughs> Good he man is for a plug here. So this is a plug. I'll leave that to you. <laughs> yeah. So like a typical week. Yeah, I, 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 like a game week, I try and get in a little bit earlier on kind of maybe Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, front load the week, try and get my work in good nick so that Thursday, Friday I can kind of take the foot off the gas a little bit and I can do the things like, you know, go see a masseuse on the Thursday, um, you know, touch base with the physios or whatever it is, take it handy on the Friday. We typically train maybe, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, maybe a gym session and two pitch sessions. It'll all be kind of light stuff mm. the week of the game. Um, but, you know, yeah, the, the, the spare hours are probably scarce enough um you're going into work early and you're probably getting home late enough um but it's a routine that i've become accustomed to and that i've managed well over the last couple of years and and you know it's it's not just the time that you're spending on the pitch with the team it's it's the other stuff like the opposition analysis and all that other mm. stuff that's you know become more prevalent in gaa over the last couple of years um that does eat into eat, eat into the errors as well um so at times it can f 
kind of feel like bouncing to your two full time jobs. Your taking it seriously. Like you're telling your us. social <laughs> life. You probably don't see me. Yeah, I haven't seen. You don't ever see him for points until the yeah, championship is yeah, over. Off season, and then, and then you could be with Kilmer Good. It's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. So. And it's incredibly impressive to like. I mean, the the lifestyle is is just from from a. I know from a rugby perspective, and and all, and all the lads be mad into watching. You know, watching championship definitely. In, and some of the lads have been. I think Sean Cronin would be fairly. He he's the only guy in Leinster that really stick comes to mind. He is watching everything, and now his. His wife is uh, is a superb. I think she's a herder. She's a really, limit yeah. herder. Yeah, I think her and her sisters are brilliant herders. So, uh, I think he was a good footballer. I think he might have played minor football for. I'm gonna say I'm not gonna jump with that. Yeah, he is Limerick guy. Yeah, uh, like you can see it. Like he's a he's a footballing brain on him anyway. Um, but um, yeah, he's the guy. He'd be looking at the league. But everyone else to be into the championship now. It's great. And we like the the. Did you watch yeah, or go to Keynes games over the years? Or? We'd, be prawn, we'd be the prawn sarnies. Uh, yeah, yeah, you as, get the text message the <laughs> week before. Oh, man, any chance of it? <laughs> yeah. we nice. <laughs> All the lads, we were in, obviously in school together in, in Black Rock. And, you know, it's a bit of a rugby fortress. You know, although we've had a fair few. We've had a, you know, we've had a few. Uh, no, Mark Vaughan as well. Niall Corkery. Niall Corkery was a great footballer Michael Darrow went there. Michael Darrow went there as well. There was um, one stage there was four I think we're, there was four of us yeah. I think we were the most represented school on the team Rugby oh, and God. football yeah. Oh God <laughs> Crazy Listen we turned it's it around just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but As everyone tunes out uh, No but like it's uh, we're always unbelievably impressed at the lifestyle to hear you say you know it's just how, how, how much strain there is on the time you know compared to us Yeah like now like, you're working full time now could you kind of picture what it would be like to kind of have that schedule or, or, you know or to kind I'd, of instead of coming in here to record a podcast you're belting it out to the north side to train with a Dublin team or yeah something. but you know what I think uh, just God forbid we're in the north side training, first of all no but like I think uh, like to, to answer it honestly uh, and without I was, that was obviously a joke um, in, case any, in case anyone was offended um, but you know what I would say is like I, what I really would say is really difficult is you know I think when you're in the mode and things are going well for you um, you know it, you get in a, a nice routine it's fun but I'd say if you get an injury you know and you've had a, you've had a few that you know tar bits question, where you're sitting like, at a desk exactly like you know? how do you it must be really annoying to rehab an injury if you have to like sit at your desk all day like whereas if you're a professional mm. you have ample experience and I guess is recovery well it's funny that's the first yeah. thing that came to my mind but <laughs> yeah I mean you've had yeah, your so fair what's share it, what's of yeah like <clears throat> yeah and that that is that is really because I've got a client list and there's only you can't just one day say oh lads I'm not going to be in tomorrow and you know someone else is going to just take over your work there's going to be stuff that you have the learnings you have the knowledge that you can't just pass on to someone you know in the space of an hour or two that work is going to stick with you so uh, debit here credit here yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> only is that easy so you can't just up and leave like yeah. if you like in what, 2015 final um semi-final I picked up a bad hamstring strain and we had two weeks to the final and because uh, it was a replay the semi-final was a replay so we didn't have the normal three weeks that we have we only had two weeks so I was really up against it to try and get back for that game and it was like one of the busiest times of the year that we have inside of work and um, I was doing all this rehab and recovery stuff 24-7 but at the same time pulling out the laptop and trying to fire off a couple of emails to get my work done and it was just completely chaotic and thankfully I ended up being able to play some part in the game I got to the 60th minute or whatever that um, was a really bad one though I think you're probably down but that was a seriously bad like that was an incredible turnaround yeah yeah it was crazy like um, it was a bad tear and 
I kind of been told to plan for the worst. You know, I got the scan and because there was a lot of information around the area, I got the scan like 24 hours after the game. Because there's a lot of information, you don't get a clear picture. So they rescanned it four or five days later. Um, and I remember at the time, the consultant came in with the clipboard and he was like, oh, you know, it's not great, but, you know, I've seen worse, blah, blah, blah. And I was going to see the number of the grade that he had written on the top <laughs> of it. And I was like, oh, this is... Because I've done my hamstring umpteen times, so I knew I knew how bad it was. Uh, and then he said, we get a rescan in a couple of days' time and reassess. It might be better once it clears up. Um, so got a scan mid next week. And uh, it was actually worse oh God. than I initially thought. So the physios kind of and the medical staff set me down and they kind of, you know, they... Break the news break, slow. Break, yeah, yeah, gently. And I was absolutely devastated. But I'd been doing so much in a couple of days before that I was kind of like, here, look, I'll just keep on hammering just away at case, this yeah. and see what happens. Mm. And, you know, someone must have been looking down at me or something yeah, crazy yeah. because I don't know how I, I got into a position to, to, to get in that See, pitch. you guys, like, I mean, do you know, weird enough, like, Rob Carney is a guy who has, like, he's had some crazy ones like that. Yeah. And he just, I, I assume, I, I, I would say actually kind of similar in terms of mindset. I'd say two very diligent guys, but, like, Rob has come out, like, he'd be up all night. He'd do, like, the kind of hour... And he'd have actually, like, it's different for us in camp. You probably don't have the physio living with you, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Danielle would have noticed. <laughs> the physio now basically was for those oh, two really? weeks, in fairness to yeah, me. That's pretty impressive. Stops. Yeah. Um, but, like, he was doing, like, an hour on at night, like, with a, with the, uh, what's it called? I've even like forgotten the name of it. Really. I should, I literally lived with one for, uh, lived game. with that longer than any lived with any girlfriend. <laughs> that was game ready. You've seen these things? No. They're like an ice machine. And you, oh, you know, anytime, leg thing, yeah, anytime yeah. you get an, uh, no, the leg things are different. They're like the air pressure. Oh, they're okay. like, uh, like they, yeah, yeah. Um, but these things, like, they're like, it kind of chugs away. It's like a machine that just chugs ice through <laughs> and it kind of compresses and then it gives you the ice through the system and stuff. But, like, he, like, he would be like an hour and a half and then the physio come in, give him a bit of a rub down, whatever, and then he, you know, yeah. maybe tape it up for a bit and then they go again another like 45 minutes after all this, all through the night. And, like, some amazing recoveries. Like, yeah. the guy, I mean, I, I assume you were probably saying similar enough. Was so, this? Yeah, it's similar enough to that. And mentality was do everything I can in my power to to try and get back for this game. It's an all-iron final. And if I fall short, well, at least I can sleep Saying easy at night all. saying that, yeah. you know, there's nothing that I possibly could have done more. Um, so, yeah, like, yeah, it was, it was, that, was, that was the most satisfying thing in my footballing did career. Did you tear it on the 16 minutes or did you just, was just like, no, get him off now? Yeah, it was, it was, kind, of, it was kind of gone again. Oh, it was yeah. gone again. Was yeah. it yeah. serious yeah. to get it that far? Cause it was a two, wasn't it? It was a... It was a good old one. Like Rewarded with an all-star as well. Yeah, yeah, it was. Seriously yeah. impressive. And, and I know, it's just to, lucky to the way the game that. evolved that day as well. The kind of I was playing centre-half back and their 11 sat off me and I was just given a free roll so I didn't actually have to put the burners on oh, all too often. Dream. And kind of go around <laughs> like... Makalele roll. That's what people say I do the whole time anyway. <laughs> but, uh, Cruising around I all the time. kind of get around 80, you know, 75, 80%. Um, Beautiful. Happy days. So I was very lucky, you know, mm. if I was put under a little bit more pressure, it might have been a different story. But um, And when you were in Black Rock, did you play rugby at all? I played a little bit of rugby. Um, I couldn't answer this earlier on, by the way. Yeah, uh, like friend. everyone does. <laughs> yeah. Too busy with his parts. It's because rugby career to notice. I came in in second year, so I was yeah. kind of late to the fold, and football was always 
the number one sport for me. Um, it's funny because so, you were close down, weren't you? I was close down. Was, for, yeah, I, that was yeah. the other. I was close, close to yeah, Claude yeah, being yeah. close down as well, actually, weirdly really enough. Did yeah. Luke used to walk around with like a varsity jacket or how does that work? <laughs> yeah, hair slicked back with the mullet and everything, honestly. Oh, yeah. I was, thought it's I was the comb and the good stuff and being in lockers. No, absolutely not. I will not be accused of that. No, no. I was actually still getting stuff because I used to play with the older guys. For yeah. for a lot of the years, so I was all getting stuff from the lockers. To be honest, <laughs> uh, what position were you keen? I played wing, and that was probably that was probably the downfall. In that, like at that age, playing under fourteen would be on the wing. You don't see a lot of, and there's not a lot of kicking. No, and uh, yeah, not like unless you're ball, playing you're, the first team. Yeah, yeah. you're probably like if the ball gets out to you two or three times a game, it's you're, you're doing, doing well. Like, so. and you got to make some magic happen as well. Yeah, you're on the wing. yeah. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't really take to it or. Enjoyed as much as the football. I was playing a lot of soccer and doing a lot of athletics at the time. So um, it's kind of. It is a funny one. Like I think there's so many guys who play football that would be like seriously good rugby players. Like I think you look at like a, a Tier McConnell. Vice play. versa as well. Like, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. There is actually. Well, some of us can't kick. I used to. <laughs> I, I can't kick snow but rope man. Yeah. <laughs> you want to see me kick a ball? <laughs> technique and rugby and like it's the same. If you got to get a football guy to ah, yeah, try and yeah, kick yeah, a, yeah, a yeah, rugby yeah. ball, look awful. Um, yeah, but two completely different techniques. They are. Were you much? You were. A, you played a loved, bit of football. Yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, yeah, actually never lost a match yeah. to Croaks. Actually, uh, <laughs> Keen reckons that we weren't playing Jesus, the first. Yeah. <laughs> Just to rub it in, I'm a Nave Olaf man. I've Club man of the year. Shout out Nave Olaf. When was the last time you were down there? <laughs> I played. You know what? I was in the. What was it? The under fourteen. Well, you'll actually get a chuckle at this. We were in. Uh, Parnell Park playing under fourteen. She's sixteen now at this stage, and. Who we were, what's that uh, you know that cup at the under 14 the failure the failure we're playing oh, the failure, failure. Right? I mentioned failure. it earlier my division 7 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. sorry excuse me I missed it I missed it but we're playing the failure and the lads are like look we've got a final you know you're registered do you want to, like, do you want to play because I was playing um, well I was playing the junior cup team and uh, I legged it like, I was like yeah love to play it fine whatever great crack with all the lads again and um, I uh, <laughs> ball broke shouldered my man from kind of from behind uh, literally turned around and in Parnell, it was like a little bit of a dip in the ground. I was like, geez, I'm away here straight away. <laughs> went, to, went to clip it up to myself, hit the turf, clip the ball, <laughs> barely hit the ball, uh, and literally did my groin. I was straight uh, off, <laughs> straight off God after like literally God. 10 seconds. And I was here, I was going, geez, I, I could just take this like a duck to water. It was unbelievable. But I was literally out for, it was the first time I ever pulled a muscle. Do you know, I, yeah, you know as yeah, a kid, yeah, that, age, that was yeah, my that's... first time ever pulling a muscle. It was like after 10 seconds. Or, the injury was started. It was, it was. But uh, it was Madigan, funny. Ian Madigan, he's a lovely footballer. Mm. Up until he was around under 50. I think he kind of showed up for one or two minor games. Um, just like that, that he wasn't like training with the team around because he yeah. was playing. He's a fit guy, SAT, but yeah. I think he won a failure with with Croaks. He could well have. Yeah. Yeah. He, 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 he was with Ian McKe- did he, him, Ian McGinley. Um, he's playing with or Ian McGinley. Ian McKinley. Ian McKinley. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So he, he they were both in the same Crokes team. I did not know. Ian McKinley that. was Jeez. incredible Gaelic footballer. Yeah, really. He was. Yeah, yeah he was, and so, so was Madigan as well. Yeah. Um, they, there was someone else on Madigan's team that was a really lovely. He plays for he played for Dublin. Rory O'Carroll. Oh, was it Rory O'Carroll? That's right, Rory O'Carroll. Did he go to Black Rock as well? No, no, he didn't. No, he was just kid. They just played in Kilmacud. I oh, think okay. the same same vintage. But it's funny, like, because you see a lot of those guys with the silky skills have definitely played a bit of a bit of Gaelic football. I think anyway. Um, you know, like, uh, like I think Zebo apparently played minor yeah, for minor for Lau for Lau for, for, yeah, for Lau. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just lost all the Lau viewers now. Uh, or you alienated about tricky situations. <laughs> but like, there is, and you see how good he is under a high ball. Like, I mean, there's yeah. definitely a big crossover. Um, 
Yeah, Horgan as well. Like everything oh, above the so, head. That's one real well, that's, big yeah, rugby yeah, commentator yeah, cliche. Yeah, anything yeah. above, oh, his Gaelic football background. <laughs> but you'd have to say, It's though. like Darren Sweetman catches a ball. Chesside's like, oh, it's his hurling background. But that's not like a, catching a slitter and catching a rugby ball or nothing alike. You see a bit of it in Zebo as well. Zebo's oh. brilliant in the air. Most of the guys who are really good in the air in Ireland have played, have a bit like Tommy Bowe's brilliant in the air. He's play, he, he played, you know, Gaelic football for a long time, you know, so... Uh, I'm I'm the odd one out. I still couldn't catch a cold, but uh, <laughs> no. But the, most of the guys who are very good are actually, you know, they've, they've played a good pitch. You know, I look at even guys, big guys like Sean O'Brien's played played a lot of football yeah. hurling. He's got nice handling and all that kind of stuff. I think there's a big. There's that great video of Tyg for a long playing game. Football, he's a kid. He, 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 he's just like going it. on the wing, just like shoulders. <laughs> yeah, he he's like an NFL blocker. Really. He he's just like spiraling people. It's right. I think it's in, is it in? It's, it's actually sorry. It's down in Wexford. I don't think I think I thought it was some final or something, but he sh he absolutely. Like he absolutely oh, minces imagine. a fella yeah. in the shoulder. Wouldn't, then wouldn't he, clips, he, he clips one up. He just clips <laughs> it up from the deck. Like <laughs> absolutely class. But you see a lot of it in Ty. Ty's got great handling yeah. skills, you know. And it's funny I'm all heard, the guys yeah. who've played because he gives it as well. They, I think as well. When I when I watch Gaelic football, I always think. Like to be the to be really good, you have to understand how to create space. It's the same as good soccer players, you know. You have to understand about, like they all understand about giving the the person next to them space. Like I and I think a lot of rugby guys, especially in the in the forwards who've only ever played rugby, they it takes them a long time to understand that a little bit. And you see, like Tyg is great to understand. He can he sees oh there's a space out the back. I'm going to give it out to Johnny. Now he's probably getting a call, but he he can give the little pass to the guy outside. Yeah, he actually yeah. had one bad one at the weekend, and it was so surprising because he's usually so good oh, at it. You were just like looking at it like where is that? he's. He's you, so good at that. Well, he's the best player in the world in his position. Uh, you look at a guy like him, honestly, Kane, he is, like, he's just a young guy who just, he's only going to get better and better. But, like, to come back to, like, the skills that you have, understanding space, like, Sean, he's great at us. You know what I mean? He, he like, he understands that I, if I give the guy on the, on the inside space, either they're going to get drawn to me and there's going to be space for him or they get drawn to him naturally and it's on for me. It is great. Like, having a good football and brain, like, it, yeah, it, there's yeah. such crossover into anything, more, probably everything. You're mm. playing a bit more on instinct. Um, and off the cuff a bit, a bit more probably like you don't have as many set plays or mm. it's probably not as structured and regimented as, as, as rugby can be so you're kind of forced to be a little bit off the cuffish a little bit more instinct a little bit more creative yeah, yeah, I'd say 100% and I think you have to understand as well manipulating people like you know drawing a guy onto you and understand oh, now's the right time to give a hand pass and go around because yeah. he's got to turn and try and catch me whatever it is or even a little bit of movement before the ball to give the guy Who's on the ball? Space to go. Actually, going to drag my man out here, and out of space for him to go. Like, there's. The, I think those things are. When I look at footballers, I just think, you look at the really good guys, and you're like, Jesus, like that was, or or the vision. Not everyone's yeah, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some people are sweepers. But you look like a Dermot Collier. So when I look at him, I'm just saying, Jesus, yeah. how did he see that pass? Like, you know, did you see the pass for Vincent's? And I was just thinking. Like wow! Like I mean, that's like a, it was like a Johnny Sexton seeing, yeah. seeing the fullback. Like he gets the ball, he's looking at the nine to catch the ball. You know, he's probably he might have got a call on the outside, a bit of help. But there's he might have seen you know the fullback drifting in the backfield, and all of a sudden goes he, he's able to pick the right option or the right kick. I just see so many parallels between those, the two. He's one of those players though. They're just he's special kind of off both feet, like as well. He's a freak, frighteningly talented kind of guy that just turn his hand to football hurling. He. Picked up golf a couple of years ago, I think, and he's already, you know, he's a, like, yeah, he's a brilliant hurler as well, isn't he? I watched a him fantastic hurler, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He is, he's, I know he's probably because <clears throat> it's a game that you you really need to be practicing day in day out to have your touch yeah, sharp. Yeah, so yeah, he's probably yeah. not as you know good as he possibly could be, but you know he has the, the he's the such a good athlete as well. Like, so he's yeah, he's the toughest guy to market training, but there's so many of them, I guess. 
there's a few like Conor Callahan as well he's another guy that's shooting up the ranks that's another one of these you know football hurling you know on and off the pitch he kind of seems to be ticking every single box and the current the year that he's having is it's it's no surprise that he's been involved with so many winning teams. Um, Yourself, the lad, same, hacking the life out of <laughs> <Yeah>. no <laughs> Between two, those two boys, when you're playing your internal games and you're being mashed up between them, but like again, like you, you kind of referenced it mm. earlier, the, the 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 depth in the team, that's been a massive strength of ours over the last couple mm. of years. You knowing that there's five or six guys to come off, and like testament to Jim, he uses those six subs that we have religiously um, and that's mm. great for the team spirit and the team ethos because you know you know he's not paying lip service to this is a team t- it's all about the squad and I know you're going to be mm. disappointed not to make the starting 15 mm. you know it's the finishing team that that ends up winning the game and you're going to bring on the six subs every single game so guys can really buy into that and obviously you're going to be disappointed if you're not on the starting 15 but um that's certainly softened by by having that kind of, um, you know, ethos. I, I think you, James McCarthy, and Stephen Cluxon are the only three guys to have started off five All Ireland uh, final Jeez. wins. Is is that the kind of thing that you look back, you look on with pride, or does it matter to you? Yeah, like that's yeah, that's that's an incredible thing. Um, not something that I was. I know I was, I was aware that I had started all five All Irelands, <laughs> but I, I wasn't aware that there was only three guys. Well, now that like, Gary McConnelly so, was the latest, for, you know, he acts yeah, Bernard Brogan yeah, last year. Conley this yeah, year. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's that's usually only Kerry points. lads have uh, five All Irelands. <laughs> well, these are, these are the yeah, lucky, yeah. lucky. These bunch. Dublin guys are the only players ever outside of Kerry players to have five All Ireland medals. Yeah, yeah, it's an unbelievable achievement. You there, know, there's a fair few of us on the uh, team now that have been involved in all five, and it is it's it is incredible. And like going back to. When I started playing in 2009, if you were to tell me after that game, <laughs> when I was sitting in the dressing room thinking like, oh my God, you know. My last game for I should have gone away and done the J1 <laughs> this summer. Like, what was I doing? Uh, um, <laughs> if you were to tell me that I was going to win five All-Irelands then, I would have bit your your hand off. So um, mm. it has, it's been an amazing journey and it's not something that's really hit home properly. Yeah, I don't know if you would say the same thing about your accomplishments when does, you were in no. your... Like, I don't do you now when you stop playing are you, are you able to sit back and go wow like in, in the summer of 2009 were you like I've won a Grand Slam in a Heineken Cup and I played in the Lions this year no. or were you thinking no more, hey Mac were you completely more. unfulfilled completely because yeah. I, I, I went That's, the Lions yeah. tour and I didn't perform well I was sick at the start of it I came on the second test got the gouge kind of had double vision one of the eyes for about kind of 30 minutes of the first test after it let you know made a mistake defensively and then wasn't didn't really play a part in the game. I, I just couldn't get into the game. It was one of those games where we got like we just had loads of guys. So we got off to a pretty decent start and then but kind of you know they came into it in the middle of it. I made a, I just never one of those games. I just couldn't find my feet and, and I was unbelievably fit when I came back and I came back and I was in the shape of my life and um, I was like I'm gonna really kick on to where I feel I should be and play, I was playing really good. I was playing uh, played really good for Leinster start of the season. Playing great rugby, feeling great, feeling really confident. And um, really coming into what I felt was going to be, I was like, this is going to be my period now. I'm going to be the man here. And uh, got a really bad injury then um, in uh, playing against Australia. I blew out the knee actually in Croker. And uh, I just, you know, I'd say I never, I'd say I was probably never the same again. I had, a, like, I was still, what was, like, when I look back at it, one thing I was amazed at is actually I was able to come back from a lot of fairly nasty injuries very well. 
and, and off the bat, like that was one thing I go, geez, that that's when I look back on. I say a lot of self esteem. Yeah, in, in, you do in, a bit, in, you know, because they're hard. Being ones in to those go back. dark corners and being yeah. able to rally and come back, it's like that. That, mm. that final 2015 was just kind of. You thought that's the highlight yeah. of your career. Yeah, it was just like it was just being able to sit back in the dressing room, and be like, oh my god, I can't believe I did that. That's you know, yeah, it's that pretty cool. And know? it is amazing. I think as well, we probably understand. Like, I mean, I know the support structure in the teams, brilliant, but like, you're the same. You've got a great support family around you, friends around you. You're all. I mean, when they're not slagging you, in fairness, our, yeah. our mates are well, pretty yeah. rude, well, to be honest. That, but that's, yeah, it's fairly relentless. But, yeah. but in fairness, the support is brilliant from the group, you know, and I think from family and that, your family's the same. It's Because yeah. uh, everyone's in it when you're on the journey. like, um, And that's the one thing, you know, we do. I do miss that. I miss, like, you know, I miss having the big days out. You know, you go, you play your match, you play yeah, well yeah. or whatever, and you're back in to see the family and everyone's delighted to see yeah. you. Mum is over the moon. Um the old man is giving you a bit of grief for a few mistakes you make, yeah. but you can, you know, he's, you know, he's happy. Well <laughs> he saw, he sees all the mistakes. Like, yeah. What were you thinking there, yeah. actually? Like, oh, jeez, <laughs> like, give me a break, will you, for God's sake? But you can see the kind of pride, and I, I, I do miss that part of Roderick, like the medals and stuff. Like, my mum has them all. I, I literally gave them to her yeah. the day after. She brings them around into, she used to bring them into school. She's, in the, she's the matron in Black Rock, so she used to bring all the medals and stuff. In around the school and all the neighbours. I used to, I remember I came up after the the Grand Slam, uh, win in two thousand and nine with Ireland, and um, I was you know knacker. We had a few days out. We were you know we really cut loose out. It was good fun, and uh, I arrived back. I was knacker. Can't wait to see the family. Just have a nice bit of a Sunday dinner, whatever it was. And she had every kid in uh, the yeah. neighbourhood, like literally yeah. in the house, taking a photo God, with yeah. the medal. <laughs> it's just like, mom, oh. what are you? But in fairness, it was it, like it just showed like she, everyone. It was a big moment. She used to, she was actually working. She was a midwife in the hospital, I think. And literally every kid had a had a had a photo with the the kind of grand or the, the six nations yeah. medal. It well, was, like, almost they're ten, the things I missed though. Say, but it's almost ten years since the grand slam. Like you kind of whenever I, I joke with you about it like now but like do, do you, does, it, does it feel like a huge deal for you or is it, it doesn't seem to be something that you really no. hold that I don't like I don't know you're the same like you don't I don't think about those day to day like yeah. I think like what I, do you know what I really learned from playing uh, sports uh, you know I was very lucky to play at a, at a very high level and be exposed to some really really top quality people and I'd be interested to hear you're taking it but I focus on the day to day you know and that's mm. it like, I, I'm trying to get better at what I'm doing now all the time and that kind of takes my focus I don't know if I'd ever sit back and go jeez look like I don't have any medals I don't have any nothing on the walls in the house I have one present that's a picture of us it's a black and white you can see them on kind of Dawson Street in town oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but my, my housemate was leaving the house yeah. and he got me this present and I was like well, I better hang that up. What does it be rude if he doesn't? If I don't, it's just a picture of us celebrating. I'm not even in the. Po I think you can kind of see me in the picture, um, but barely. <laughs> and it's us celebrating after Northampton on the pitch. But I was, I have it up like the back of the house, so no one can see it because I'd hate someone to come in and think, mm. "Oh, geez, your man thinks he's some kind of hot shot with all the, you know." So oh, it's, it's yeah, kinda... oh, you're like, you, you said it already. The lads are just cut <laughs> but, through you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so like they're the things I think about I think that's you become very much and it's interesting here Keen talk I thought earlier on about the process and focus on that but I think you got to take that into still everything playing though because for, for you you've yeah. kind of you're I'm a has-been with exactly. what you're saying <laughs> you're not, like you went from winning the grand slam now you sit here with me recording a podcast like. uh, I'm an old fogey now yeah maybe look it's weird I didn't really think about that I just like the thing that I missed was I was like geez, I, I love the day to day training yeah. I love the big matches the big days yeah. but um, you know you miss you know uh, you know, going with all, all the lads. The lads are at their Christmas parties tonight. Best of luck, lads. Uh, be safe. Uh, everyone else, keep a keep a keep a wide berth. Um, but you know, like you miss things. They're grateful. Um, but I, to be honest with you, 
kind of enjoying the new experience. It's a different one, a bit calmer. Yeah. Probably won't be a fancy dress Christmas party this year in, in work. But um, like there, you get focused on those things well. And that's one thing I have learned. I haven't thought about those things. I thought about, I, to be honest with you, and I, I touched on earlier on, like the little bit of jealousy with the lads having the career running alongside. That was what I thought about. I was like, geez, what am I going to do day to day? Like, what, do I, what am I going to do that's going to yeah. fill the gap where I go, I want to be competitive at that. I want to, you know, if, you know, there's a fire burning where every day you want to get up and get in there and do something and work hard and be better yourself. And that was what I was really worried about, to be honest with you. I don't know. Do you feel like, Ian? Yeah, you feel do you like, feel like you're having the best of both worlds? Like, you've had all this success and you're also, as you said, working away? Yeah, obviously, there's a lot of things to be envious of professional <laughs> sports <Daddy> lifestyle <laughs> <laughs> everything that comes with that uh, and getting to eat sleep and drink your sport 24-7 mm. um, yeah I'd love to experience that um, I do appreciate that when football does eventually finish for me that there'll be something there that I can hit the ground running with um, but I find it, the thing I find interesting about what you were saying there the day to day thing and like I think the thing that I'll take most out of playing football and being involved with this team is just the kind of person that makes it and the mm. the kind of standards that it embeds in you that you know um, you can apply to any aspect of your life and into your professional life um, and not just in the sporting sporting life and you're surrounded by such great people and such a great network when you were at Leinster mm. in Ireland and to hand the Lions uh, and I feel I have, this, I have the same thing with the Dublin team and the influence that those people have on you uh, which will rub off onto every other aspect of your life I think that's something that really builds um, good well-rounded people um, and I don't think it's any surprise and you see with rugby as well mm. you know former uh, international rugby players going on to have very very successful professional lives and fresh professional careers and you see it with 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 Gaelic football as well you know you look back to the seven Dublin 70s team and uh where those guys are at now and the, the, they're probably come towards the end of their professional careers but some some very very uh successful businessmen and 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 um professionals in that team so I think it does have um a very positive impact on your on your wider life mm. I think as well it builds in a resilience into you will you know I think you're great you know when you're really digging deep in those places like I think it gives you a massive confidence in yourself you know like I, I think about myself like just to, to from my own perspective I feel like all the knocks and things that you take like you feel like you could come back from like I, I don't like I don't feel like yeah, yeah. anything would really I mean obviously there's things personal you know personality or, or per, sorry, personal things with family or friends whatever you all these things come at you in life all the time, you know. And not to get too philosophical about the whole thing, but you do feel like well, people trying to give you enough abuse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you roll with it. You really. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you feel like you could come back from from nearly anything, you know, from anything. I'm not going to be honest. I'm going to be honest. I feel like you know, you, the the lessons and the the resilience that it builds into you. I don't feel like there's anything that I feel like I couldn't come out. I'm I'm sure that you've had some experiences, you know, in terms of dealing with injuries, coming back from places where, or coming back from matches where getting dropped, people, sorry, you know, getting yeah, dropped yeah. exactly, things like that. Do, do you feel that about, like, about the game? It's one of my favourite things about playing the game at a high level, I thought, was that it builds that into you. Yeah, definitely. You can't build that without experiencing it. Mm. Like, you can't mm. read about it in a book and suddenly you're good at that. You just have to experience it. And it's like playing even, put it in a, in a footballing context, playing drills and in, in, in training sessions and stuff, trying to, you know, 
if we're down by three points with two minutes to go, all right, let's throw the ball in now and play away. It's just, it has to be in the right It has to be, has to be, roar, has to be yeah, real, yeah, you know, yeah, and it has yeah. to be, you know, you're, you haven't made the match day squad and, and I've been in that position before and I've been in that position where you're injured and you're going along to the game and you're sitting up in the stands with, with, with the rest of the crowd and you're looking out there and you just feel so detached from something that you've been so part of yeah. on the big day. <laughs> That's a hard one crushing. to describe to people. It's, it's a, a weird crushing. one, isn't it? Yeah, it, yeah, is. it is. And yeah. you want so much. You're so conflicted. You want so much for the team to win and do well, but you're so good at that you're not out there and you're not able mm. to play. Um, so a lot of life lessons being... <laughs> being, being learned yeah. and being, being in case thrown you, at you if you miss out on half an hour of sleep on the on the <laughs> yeah. train into work or you're stuck in traffic you'll get a good snooze out of this one folks but uh, <laughs> no on a serious note we probably should 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 wrap it up yeah. there but look on a serious note thanks a million for coming in oh, I know yeah. it's difficult with uh, with uh, look in fairness, it's a bit of a fortress Dublin there, and I can completely understand that. But thanks to the media manager, you never you never gave <laughs> his or her name. But thanks very much because it is it's great to get a, a bit of an insight into what you know makes you guys tick. And and and, and the, the, I suppose the daily kind of part of it is, is really interesting. I don't know if you well, do you think so. It was it's good to get keen in because as we talked about a bit off air, the 2017 season ends in 2018, and the 2018 season <laughs> yeah. starts in 2017. Yeah. So we're, so we're actually we're in season this weird now. Back to the Future kind of time <laughs> where we got them in the perfect time to come in. Like yeah. one week we could come in. So thanks so much for coming in, Keith. Oh, really yeah, appreciate anytime, it. Guys. Yeah, appreciate it man. And that's all we have time for this week on the left wing. Thank you so much for joining us. It's Christmas time, obviously, so we actually won't be here next Tuesday on Stevens Day, but we will be back the following week on the 2nd of January with another podcast. In the meantime, over the Christmas period, why not listen to our entire archive of podcasts? You can get it on iTunes, SoundCloud, or independent.ie. So until January 2nd and the new year, thank you so much for listening and goodbye.